Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be Uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Uh, hey, friends, welcome here to another episode of your Uncommon Lunchbox with your host, Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff Safright. Today, we are joined with a friend, uh, Joe Bell, and uh, we're here to talk about how you as realtors can buy houses with no money down. Uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and give us uh, a little bit further extended uh, intro of Joe, and let's, uh, let's kick this off. Yeah, Joe. Um, thanks so much for, for being a part of this today. I'll tell you what, this is one of the, the topics that I think everybody needs to understand, especially real estate agents and, and people in real estate. They, um, they think that real estate is all this transaction-based stuff and don't know about buying their own properties, keeping their own properties. So really excited to jump in here. So Joe, uh, tell us about yourself. Where'd you start? Where are you now? And where are you headed? Yeah, man. I, uh, I started back in 06 and thank you for having me on this, by the way. But uh, yeah, I, I started back in 06 and I was more on the transaction side. Um, you know, I was a 26 year old, so pretty fresh face at that point, asking people to trust me with their uh, life earnings and wealth set aside for the future. And it wasn't a super easy task to dive into. But, uh, you know, what I like to say is what I lack in talent, I make up with through persistence and just kept persisting on talking to people, having conversations, you know, one after another. And finally, a couple of things lined up. And, um, you know, I targeted a, a, a couple of real important conversations with folks that I knew were in the investing world. And, you know, uh, again, it's just one of those things where you, you, you keep pounding on something, eventually you're going to have a breakthrough. And I was fortunate enough to have a, a handful of breakthrough uh, breakthroughs over the years. That's awesome. So. Awesome. Yeah, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm up in Alaska. So, um, you know, I was born and raised in this market. I'm super comfortable with this market now being in it for 14, 15 years. Uh, you know, I can, I can just take a glance at a property and know if it's in the criteria and it has the potential or not pretty quickly. Um, and that's just, you know, time on task over time. So tell us about Alaska real quick. Just a, a quick <laughs> thing. Are you in the like, it's light all day right now or it's dark all day right now? Like what, what cycle are you in? It's, it's pitch black, man. So we're, we're, we're dark until December 21. And then uh, we'll start gaining. I think it's like six minutes a day. Right. And so once we start getting to like April, we'll come out of the fog and uh, we'll get into June and we'll be fishing and you can fish all night basically. Right. So it's, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you do what you can to get through the dark and then you go and burn the hell out of the candle at both ends during the summer. That's crazy. So what oh, it is like, what's the temperature like? I mean, here, let's see, what is it? We're at 37 degrees. So it's, uh, it's a little bit uh, chilly here, but what's it like there right now? Yeah, no, it's, um, it, it's probably right in line. Now I live in a little tiny uh, ski town. So there's about 1200 residents where I'm at and it's actually a natural rainforest where I'm at, which is really weird to say in Alaska, but we just get a ton of precipitation. We're surrounded by mountains. Um, and so right now we're at about 23 and we, we typically are around, you know, five to seven degrees uh, warmer than Anchorage, which is 35 miles South. 
35 okay. miles and it's five to seven. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so let's jump into this. So tell us, uh, one, how did you transition from being like transactionally based? Are you still doing, you know, agent based stuff? Um, I know you, you talked about building wealth through real estate. Um, so yeah. And, and also buying with no money down. So that's a lot of stuff right there, but you want to just start unpacking some of that for us? It is. Yeah. So, uh, let's see, I started, we got our first investment 09. Uh, we had to borrow money for our down payment. Uh, it wasn't a great deal, but it was a deal enough that we could call an investment, do some work on it. And we ended up making some money down the road. Uh, so my brain's always been investment focused. Well, once I started to figure out the transactional side of the game, which was 09, I finally crested that $100,000 a year mark. So I felt like I had, um, you know, uh, a little bit of wherewithal, a little bit of change in my pocket to do something with, um, but it wasn't enough. Right. And that's, that's the biggest hurdle for most folks is you just don't, you don't have the resources unless you are asking the questions enough to find the resources, but you have to have, you know, the gumption behind you to be able to put it all together. Um, and I kept running into these conversations, like throughout my years, I built the team. I, uh, was the assistant, uh, CEO for KW. And then I moved into the team leader role. And, um, I kept having these conversations with agents that have been around for a lot longer than I have, you know, 15, 20 years in the game. And nobody had, I can't say nobody, but the majority of them don't have anything set up beyond the next transaction. And it, it just hit me one day as I was sitting across from an agent that was about 18 years in the game. And I go, okay, so what's next? What are you doing for retirement? What are you doing for wealth? And she's like, oh, you know, I just haven't gotten there yet. And, and like it, it, right between my eyes, I, I sat back and I was just like, this, this can't happen. We can't do this, right? <laughs> we are in one of the greatest industries for building wealth, but we're not utilizing our, ourselves and that's when I just established in my brain, I was going to build something that um, we could help other real estate professionals um, start to build wealth for the future. And out of it came this concept, legacy beyond listings, which is, right, we get, we get this two and a half, three percent piece of the pie. Otherwise, we watch the millions just cross right in front of our eyes and we're not participating. So uh, it's more the concept of getting into control for a percentage of the deal not necessarily having to have it all, right? And because that can be overwhelming for a lot of people that aren't necessarily ready to jump full board in. And so how we get control is either we find the right deal, we have the conversation about being involved and where we might be able to uh, offer some of our strengths and what we're good at, um, or you have to come with the resources. So those are the three areas that we tend to focus on. And, and really the resources come out of your network because you have a ton of money in that network. You just have to keep asking, right? And keep presenting uh, what you have to provide support so that people know you're legit and they can actually, you know, get you some money and you can go, you know, start and run. Um, now I'm, I'm paraphrasing all that into this nice little succinct ball, but the, uh, the, the level of consistency should re revolve around, um, activities, right? In the conversation. I mean, you're always having conversations with the next transaction, but it should also start to uh, bring into your universe the uh, investment conversation. And if you have a little bit of focus, it's, it's kind of surprising how quickly it can actually show up. So I'm curious. So Jeff and I are in the process right now. Um, one of the things that I've really been 
been really strong about is that agents need to be investing. And so um, definitely want to always make sure that that's happening. And so Jeff and I actually have ownership in a development deal in DC right now um, where we brought the deal to some folks that we got it funded. We're able to keep some of the equity um, in having it done. And then obviously the other, the other side. Now um, I'm curious, you know, I'm actually like, you know, brainstorming about a couple other deals like like more buy and hold type stuff where you can work with retirement and other stuff like that to kind of build you know a bigger legacy i'm, I'm curious how how are you guys pitching how do you guys see it work like can you give us a case study of a deal where you're working yourself into it yeah so um one case study i always refer to is what's on our website legacybeyondlistings.com there's a case study that folks can download um now to this point, because we've been doing enough of it, we, we aren't really, we, we haven't entrenched ourselves in one uh, finite uh, approach to the investment game, right? We flip, uh, we're in development. Um, it all depends, right? On what sort of deal enters the scenario. So, um, you know, the, the easiest case study uh, is really when the right property comes along you have folks in your network that you know are interested in investments, right? And so you just continue to pitch those folks on, hey, we've got a deal. Have you thought about investing? Are you to the point where you want to invest? And there's a lot of money that's out there right now, right? They don't want to be in the stock market. They're a little nervous about where we're going, even though we're at all-time highs there. Um, people are looking for opportunities, and it's surprising how many actually have, you know, anywhere from forty dollars to $150,000 that they'll they'll play with. So, so we'll find a deal and our, our bread and butter is flipping. It's quick. It's nice turns. Uh, we typically won't approach a deal unless we have uh, about 40,000 in the deal to walk away with. Um, and so for me, it's a matter of uh, I, I, I want, I want big wins for whoever I'm working with. So what we'll do is we'll offer a guaranteed return on their money as much as you can. Right. Um, understanding that there's risk. So we'll say, hey, the first 8% that comes out of the profits goes directly back on your money. And then anything after that, we'll just go ahead and figure out what the split is going to be. If I'm going to be carrying the majority of it, then we'll have a larger uh, carry and payment on the back end. Um, but if they're going to help and they're going to be involved in some sort of manner, which tends to, I, I haven't found too many folks that actually are able to participate and do something with the project. Um, so we'll just, we'll carve it up however it, it makes the most sense where it's a big win for both sides and we can continue utilizing those resources and rely on those resources for the conversations that we're having in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff, uh, I know I've been asking a lot of questions. Do you have some questions here before? I got a bunch more, but uh, why don't you jump in for a second? Uh, man, go go ahead. I'm actually listening, but I was pulling up his website and kind of uh, checking that out a little bit as well. So, um, you know, I, I guess I can ask one quick question. You said you, so you have a, so do you guarantee every deal or is it just, uh, you know, is it a case by case basis? Um, it's more case by case basis, but more recently it has been around the conversation of uh, some sort of guaranteed return. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very conservative. I, uh, most folks look at the activities that we do as very risky, right? And you guys probably understand this, where if you know what you're doing, it's not 
that risky. If you don't do what's necessary, it can be risky. Um, but I'm super conservative. Uh, you know, I, I, I think of myself as more of a shepherd of people funds and, you know, I'm moving them along. And so I, I'm not going to do a deal unless I'm really, really confident that uh, we have something to fall back on if everything goes to hell in a handbasket, right? So um, the majority of my, my deals are, look, we want to do this. We want to set it up this way. Here's your 8%, here's your 10%, whatever that is. Um, and understand that there's risk involved. Everybody understands in our group that there's risks involved. And we're going to do our damnedest to make sure that we don't get anywhere near the issue of not being able to pay people out. I, I've now taken a totally different approach to this game to where uh, I, will, I will absolutely carve out dollars from any sort of gains on my end to help ensure that the folks that are working with us have a good, solid experience, right? And fortunate enough, I'll knock on some wood, you know, we haven't even gotten close to that conversation where there's been an issue, um, but it is nice for folks to go, oh, cool. Okay, there's this return and you're doing the majority of the work. So you get the majority of, you know, the uh, secondary split. So it's it's been a real easy conversation in that sense. So is your guarantee, your guarantee is not as much, um, hey, we're going to make sure that you don't lose your money. Your guarantee is you're not going to make money if they're losing money. Is that what I'm understanding? Cor correct. Yeah, I've, I'm going to take dollars... Like, I want to be able to, uh, at the end of the day, look myself in the mirror and go, you know, I, I feel good about who we are. And for me, it's, it's ensuring folks that, you know, put their trust and put their effort and energy into working with us. I want them to absolutely be made whole and I will uh, take dollars out of my pocket if that's necessary. Yep. Cool. So I, I guess I have two, two questions. Uh, if I can, one, let's go back to 8% are these guarantees. If you offer the guarantee, and you may have actually said this, but if you're offering the guarantee, is the split different than if there is no guarantee? Um, yeah, in most cases, it, it will be. Uh, it's just the, the guarantee side of it um, makes the conversation a little bit easier to go, hey, look, you know, this is what we're carving out for you. Uh, but it, it, it is somewhat dependent and I, I, I hate to kind of be over here and also over here, uh, but it all relies around who I'm dealing with, right? Uh, because uh, a lot of times we're doing promissory notes and, um, you know, setting these things up in, in different manners. So yeah, if, uh, if, they're gonna, if they're gonna participate, really the only way that, that we're not gonna go the guarantee conversation is if they're actually gonna be out there doing something with me. Then it's that right. So if they're bringing the funds and they're also bringing, you know, some sort of strength that they have, then that's a much different uh, percentage in my mind on what they should be earning versus the eight and the you know whatever split makes sense on the back end. Um, really, the the secondary split is more if I'm going to be doing the whole thing and they're providing the funds, so there's zero out of my pocket in it. Then I want to set it up to where it's it's mutually beneficial. Right. Good stuff. Now, you know, here in the DMV, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty competitive market uh, as far as investment properties and things go. Uh, I don't know what your market there's like, but you know, I, I know for Chris, Chris tends to be a pretty conservative uh, uh, person as well, as far as it comes to what properties we're investing in. 
I don't know if he'll want to divulge or not, but that might've come through some lessons learned at, at different times. Um, yeah. You know, however, you know, one of the things I will say is like the best deals here in the DMV, you have to move quickly on. Right. Yeah, so you, yeah. so you can't drag your feet. There has to be a, a level of relationship and trust established. So, uh, so how do you uh, cultivate that trust and that relationship so that when you say go, people know that, you know, like, hey, Joe's a, Joe's a conservative investor. He's going to protect my money. I can trust him to jump when he says jump. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, one, I've, I've got a lot of those conversations out of the way. But if I was, if I was new to the game and I wanted to start to build this, uh, there's a couple of real easy activities, right? If you're looking to get into real estate investing, then you should you should bring into your universe real estate investing conversations, topics, ideals, everything along those lines. So go and find you know five different uh, five different blogs, right, or five different podcasts like your guys. Um, go and find some information that's out there and become the source. Right. Start passing it from here to there. Uh, share it with your network. And by doing so, what you'll you'll start to see is that you're attracting like minded individuals, folks that are looking for real estate investment opportunities. But uh, in in becoming the source, you're also supporting everybody that's out there, um, you know, spending their time and their effort and energy on on creating stuff like what you both have created. Right. So. Um, so it's twofold. You're becoming the source for really solid content, but you're also promoting different sources for really great content. And as a result, you'll start to create the ethos of, oh, wow, Joe's getting into investments, right? And the more that you talk about, the more you put it out there, the more that it's going to start to land within your network. And then that's when you just, you start to have the conversations, um, you know, go find a decent deal, not one that you're necessarily involved in, not necessarily anything, any control in. And Post it out there and go, hey, gang, I've got a really great idea um, for this investment property. Here's what we're looking to do. And just kind of break it down a little bit and go, is anybody interested in it? And you just have to continue putting it out there in order to start to attract some of these eyeballs and some of the energy back into your world. So then you can carry on the side conversation and create some of these resources. One of our best, like hands down, um, best uses of time when it came to uh, raising some money was a simple one and a half minute video. I was talking with my wife because she's involved also with it. And it was like, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and open up behind the scenes on how we do investing. Uh, if anybody's interested, it's no more than 10 people. You know, raise your hand, show up. Let's do this. And out of that conversation, we had three quarters of a million dollars that raised their hand and said, we're interested in investing. So you, you, you don't necessarily know what's out there, but the best thing that you can be doing is promoting the content side of real estate investment and that you're the source and you're the one that they should be talking to. Nice. I love the fact that you, uh, you, you know, you kind of put a cap on it, right? 10 people. I, I think yep. that, you know, I think that the more exclusive it, it, it seems and appears um, probably the better, right? The more serious people are going to actually step in and, and have a conversation with you. Um, I, you know, I, I know some people have some, not necessarily applications, but uh, they have surveys or, or whatnot, or, you know, sh you know, what's your annual, you know, salary, what's your wealth look like, et cetera. Do you do any, any kind of pre-work in, in those veins or is it just kind of open conversations? No, I, uh, I like to live on the premise of you're only one conversation away. 
-hmm. right? And that's either a conversation I'm having with somebody else or somebody's having with me. And I don't want to act like I know all there is to know about that individual and their context, right? So it's a, hey, if you're interested, like let's have the conversation, come out and get involved. Um, there is no precursor because if somebody's that hungry, right? I mean, you all know this. If somebody's that hungry, they're going to go find some bread to eat. And if somebody's that interested in real estate investment and they're going to go and generate the energy to get involved, they're going to go grab some other folks and bring them with them into the conversation. It, it happens time and time again where it's not the individual I'm talking to. It's more who's behind the curtain, right? That they're bringing with them. So I don't, I don't really validate or create any sort of filter to bring them in. And that could be a wrong approach, but it's worked very well for me. So, so a couple things here, um, just I'm looking at your website right now, a couple things that you, uh, you talk about. Um, one, you're, you're talking about how to profit from real estate deals without using, risking any of your own money. Um, how, how do you typically set stuff up where people are uh, buying without their own money? Yeah, no, it's, uh, <clears throat> so this is more along the lines of me coaching somebody, right, to get involved in this. And a, a lot of it is everything that we're talking about here, right? One, you have to become the source. You have to, you know, show folks that you're involved enough that they're willing to have a conversation about investment with you, right? Two, you have to find where the money is. And um, I go through just a step-by-step -step process in a book that I wrote. It's called Assets, Acquisitions, and Abundance. It's on Amazon. Uh, Kindle readers can get it for 99 cents. Uh, but uh, we talk about the process of going through and, you know, really highlighting those folks that are in your network and, that you know have the relationships or have the resources themselves so that you're not having to put any of your money into the deal, right? That's it's really what it's all about. Like one or two, uh, just real quick, like practical like this is how to identify. I mean, I'm not asking you to give you your whole playbook away, but just like yeah. one or two ways to identify something people can take away. Okay. So in regards to uh, going into a deal with no money down? No, no, no. Like, like, like identify, you said you, you walk step-by-step step through how you oh, oh, okay. people. Like, could you give us like a practical example on just like one practical example of, of something that you would coach? Yeah, for sure. So uh, open up your phone right now, go through, find 10 names that you think have the relationships or have the resources. Give them a call and say, hey, I'm just going through, you know, uh, reaching out to everybody. It's a holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, we've had um, some uh, different investment opportunities come up. Um, have you ever thought about getting into real estate investment? Are you doing any real estate investment? Or uh, is there somebody that you would have me talk to uh, along the real estate side of things, right? One of, one of the best ways that you can approach these conversations is really uh, seeing where you can get some help, right? Get some input and go, all right, if you had to think of one name that um, is probably the best source for anything real estate in your uh, Rolodex or in your phone, who would that be? Do you think that they'd be open to talking to me? Right. Basically, and, you're saying like, like treat it like prospecting, but you're prospecting now for for investment rather than for somebody's going to buy or sell a house. That's it. Yeah. And it, it, it becomes a different animal. Right. Because you're you're not you're not just purely uh, prospecting for the next deal. You're prospecting for a relationship. Right. A relationship that you might be missing that could open up the floodgates for you in regards to future wealth.
Right. So now you also say here, um, you know, you said uh, how how an agent can create uh, retirement income streams using uh, connection expertise. So um, talk to us about like what does like the retirement income stream piece look like in your in your system? Yeah. So a lot of what we do, we built a brokerage um, that ultimately takes 50% of their uh, company dollar that they pay in. We put it into a grouped fund. And out of that, we have a source now to go and participate in different projects and earn a return on behalf of our members, right? So you've, you've, got, you've got profit share, you've got rev share, you've got all different sorts of shares that are starting to come out and about. For me, it was always about hard assets. So I said, all right, well, let's take a group and let's start building a fund and let's go participate in these projects and earn these folks a return. So it's very similar along those lines, right? If you start to treat your network more like a fund and create different sources for resources, um, then as a result, you can start creating more of this long-term wealth game plan. So for me, it's, it's building up the money through flips to then go and find the right big opportunity, bigger property that can generate future cash flows through, um, you know, multifamily or through a commercial building, or if <clears throat> flipping works well enough, you know, that's just a, a project after project kind of thing, kind of cycle. And ultimately it keeps the wheel churning and creating some, some sort of cash flow, depending on where your strengths are and depending on what opportunities you have uh, for the future. Awesome. Yeah. So a, a couple of things, um, you know, and, and again, just to bring this thing down to like the very, you know, ground level uh, place of view, especially for those that are not familiar with these sort of deals and situations. But essentially what Joe's talking about is pooling money together to buy properties, to, to do the renovations, obviously to flip the property and then share the cash flow, Right. So, so you're looking for, you know, two, three, four, ten people that want to come together on an investment project, pull their funds together, invest in the project, um, you know, the, the renovations, et cetera. This could be done uh, now as most of yours, is it cash deals? Are you, are you just doing down payments and, and renovation costs or construction costs? Like how is like, what is the, what's the buy-in typically look like on, on deals that you're structuring? Uh, for the most part, it's it's all cash. That's that's how we operate. And properties out here, you know, we typically strike between the two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar range, plus uh, sixty to eighty thousand in repairs is is typically what we're gathering up here. Awesome. And how many how many investing partners are you typically playing with? Uh, typically, what I do is um, as we're going through the relation or through the conversations and building different relationships. A lot of times I end up with one or two uh, that are putting into these projects and uh, uh, somehow, some way I've run into a couple of conversations where there's one point of contact that has built up some of the funds on behalf of a group. And that's, that's who I'm working with. So it could be on behalf of eight other folks that, you know, this guy's built an entity for, um, but typically no more than two individuals uh, in most projects. Awesome. And what does your splits typically look like? Now I know there's differences in guaranteed versus non-guaranteed, yep. but, uh, but I, I, one of our, uh, Juan was asking, what do your splits typically look like here? 
Yeah, yeah. So um, it can be anywhere between 35 to 55 uh, percent on my end. And it all depends on how much I'm carrying. So um, we'll, we'll just use real numbers here, right? So uh, let's say a group puts in uh, 300,000. We're going to do the 8%. There's 324 that needs to go out and I'll participate in the back, um, you know, 25, 30,000 in some cases. Uh, but for real simple numbers, actually, let's just use 30,000. So off of that, I'll make, um, a, you know, a 50% return on that, right? So I'm getting the, the back 15. Plus, we also probably made the commission on the out of the gate, Right. So you add that in. And if there's any sort of commission set up going out. Okay, so so you, for that deal, you know, it's a, it's a 25 to $28,000 take for me, most likely for that, that transaction. And it can be four to six to eight months, depending on the level of project. Got it. But you have multiples of those going mm -hmm. right two or three at a time. And so you're, you're creating your GCI based on just a handful of projects. And then naturally you're going to have other organic business that shows up. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Lydia was asking, it sounds like most of what you're doing is, is flipping um, and, and maybe some maybe some larger multifamily. And I, I think I've heard you mention that, but uh, what is your, she's asking, what's your experience uh, in being a landlord uh, on long-term holds versus uh, just doing flips? Do you have any advice on managing uh, your own rental properties? Yeah, we don't, we don't do a lot of it. And if we do do it, somebody else handles it. I, I, I started out in a, a commercial brokerage and ran into the property management game, not knowing what I was getting myself into. And I lasted maybe three weeks. <laughs> I was like, get me the heck out of here. So yeah. uh, it's, it's all finding the, the right leverage for yourself and utilizing that and building it into the equation so you know what you're looking at. Um, when it comes to the hold side of things. Uh, I mean, Gary Keller wrote an amazing book in the uh, Millionaire Real Estate Investor, where it's one single family home every you know two years and then one every one year. Um, that's a real easy way to start building up a portfolio. I say easy, right? Because it's, it's very approachable. It's not overwhelming a lot of times. Uh, you know, you get to deal with one tenant to get your feet wet before you jump in for four or eight or 10 or whatever. Uh, so, that's, that's been the easiest conversations for folks to understand when we're talking about setting up buy and holds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say just uh, from my experience and, and, and in talking to others that, uh, you know, not everyone else is going to have a different opinion, but my opinion is this, don't be cheap, right? Oh no. Just, just hire the property manager. You'll keep your no. hair. You won't have as much stress. And you can stay in the game longer. I, I see so many people like, oh, I don't want to pay the 8% or I don't want to pay the 10% of the property manager. And then a year later, they're like, you know, being a landlord sucks. I want out of this. Will you sell my property? And I'm like, yeah, of course I'll sell your property. But, you know, I told you from the jump not to do that anyway. So I, I would say, you know, if you're going to jump into the long-term game, I know Chris is in it, so he could probably speak more to it. But, uh, you know, but for me personally, I, I don't think, uh, don't be cheap, get a property manager, let them have the headache you'll enjoy life much more. Agreed. Well, cool. How, Joe, how can we get in, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, man, they can go to the website. They could, uh, if they wanted to chat more, they could schedule uh, a time to, to chit chat and um, be able to ask some direct questions if they wanted to. Uh, otherwise, I've, an email is probably the, the easiest if you don't go to the website. 
And I'm uh, Joe at JoeBell.life. L-I-F is in Frank E. Joe at JoeBell.life. Um, but yeah, other, otherwise, uh, you know, go to the site and set up a, a time to give me a call and we can chit chat about how I can help. Awesome. Friends, I did uh, post both here in the chat. If you're in the in your, if you're in Zoom, uh, I posted Joe's book, Assets, Acquisitions, and Abundance. Uh, we also posted the website there. Uh, likewise, with the Facebook group, jump into the Facebook group, go to the video for today's Uncommon Lunchbox. You can find his contact information there. Cool. Let's go. Well, friends, this uh, concludes another episode here of your Uncommon Lunchbox. Uh, again, with your uh, with your host Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff Safright. Uh, we will be back again, uh, same time, same place this Thursday, and uh, look forward to seeing you then. Until it, can, uh, until so, uh, oh my goodness, <laughs> until then, continue to crush it. We'll see you soon. Bye, Joe. <laughs> hey, thanks, gang. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.